Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, October 15th, we look at Lesson 3, Understanding Human Nature. Together, let's look at the composition of man and the implications behind it. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are at Lesson 3 in Understanding Human Nature, and our memory text uh, coming from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So quintessential to the Adventist faith and belief, uh, one of our testing truths. And uh, I love it, Michael. This whole lesson just brings us back into uh, some of the very fundamental reasons why we are Seventh-day Adventist. Absolutely. I'm so glad that we're diving in. Uh, with this whole identity of what it means to be human, what it means to be alive, you know, I mean, not just, uh, and we've talked about the meaning of God's creating, but but what does that actually look like? And that's where Sunday's lesson really dives in for us. Right. Genesis chapter one, uh, verses 24 to 27. I'm not going to read this whole section here or Genesis chapter two that also talks about uh, the the animals as well. So you've got both of these, uh, these texts um, talking about both God's creation, the animals, and human beings. Both are alive, but there's something very special about human beings themselves. And and uh, Genesis 2, verse 19 says, He formed him out of the ground, um, all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. And and this is interesting because, again, you have this still image, right, of, of right. forming something, of making something. But it's it's verse 7 that's that's probably the key text here for us. It says that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and then man became a living being. Living soul, yeah. Yeah, it's this living being that matters, Buster. It matters. It, it matters a great deal. And in the Hebrew, for those that, that know the... Um, uh, the the original there, it's this word nefesh, mm-hmm. uh, is referring to this idea of a soul or something that is alive, and and so here we have um, God instilling within human humanity this idea of of not just breathing and alive, but this idea that there's something very special that's going on here. All right, uh, and I, I love that Michael, and that something special doesn't end there. You know, as God breathed into that li- uh, the breath of life, sin, yeah. we're dealing with sins, right? Yeah. And so even Monday's lessons, we get to the soul who sins shall die. We mm-hmm. come across, yes, that living being, that living soul, right? Uh, what makes that living soul? I have a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, equation that students put up uh, that they have to know, which is breath plus body equals living soul, right? You can't have one without the other. You need mm-hmm. those two things. And so Ezekiel 18, 4 and verse 20, because mm-hmm. I'm turning there. Uh, once again, that's, I'll say again, Ezekiel chapter uh, 18, verse 4 and 20 says, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. And verse 20 goes on to say, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear guilt of the father and the father nor the father bear guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself. The wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So we see here some accountability 
that comes along with death even. Uh, and, and Michael even going even further than that, as I'm turning to Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, it says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And it asks a simple question. It says, how can these verses help us understand the nature of the human soul? Well, that there is consequences in that human, the human body, the human person uh, yeah. can't enter into eternity, right? Mm-hmm. There is finiteness, right? Not infiniteness. There's a finite uh, quality to the human body, uh, yeah. even to the breath. Uh, we'll see that here later on. Uh, matter of fact, you're going to get to that, Michael, and I don't think we need to drag this out. Talk about the spirit returning to God. <laughs> well, I mean, it just segues very naturally, Buster, to what you're talking about, because I think the problem is, is that there's this sort of, um, and it really goes back to ancient Greek Platonic thought of this dualism, the separation of body from spirit, right. soul. And and as Adventists, one of the things that's really uh, pretty cool, I think, is we believe in a holism, the God created uh, the the, your, the whole person. All of it goes together. So you can't have right. a soul wandering, floating around without some kind of body somewhere. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and that's what really Ecclesiastes is talking about. And that's where this idea of the spirit returning to God, uh, verse, um, let's see, it's uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And, and these are the words that we often, I'm sure we both use them for funerals, Buster. Yes, we uh, have. You know, uh, the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it, right? So, right. Um, and, and some people have tried to use this to say, well, then, you know, there's there's the body separate from the soul, but that's actually um, what the, to, to actually completely miss the point of what it's talking about. And that is, is that idea that, that there is no more person. You're not alive anymore. It's only God that gives the gift and ability of life itself. And so we don't claim to have that ability in some kind of way, uh, but rather um, we sleep. We sleep. Our bodies return to dust. We sleep until uh, Jesus resurrects both body and soul together at the resurrection. And that's what this text here is is talking about. But but while we're sleeping, um, do is there anything that we know? And that's where Wednesday's lesson really is talking about what what happens to us in that state. You know, Michael, I think for most of our listeners, you've probably heard these things hundreds of times. Uh, if you're new to Adventism, maybe this is your first time hearing about what we think about the state of the dead. Hopefully it's not, because if you have been a baptized member, you've gone over the fundamental beliefs and you've heard this before. Uh, but this one is actually, I mean, this entire lesson is near and dear to my heart. It's the reason why my family and I, we're Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, my mom joined the Adventist church first and my dad wanted to date her. She's like, no, you, you need to be an Adventist before I can even think about dating you. Uh, and he always said, no, I'm not going to church with you. I'm not going to church with you. Uh, a year previously, his brother, who was 11 years old, died from tuberculosis. And at the funeral, he is very confused, heard, oh, he's going to make the cutest angel. He's floating up there. He's watching you. He's looking at you. And then my dad kept deciding I'm not going to church. And finally, the night he decided to go to church, it was an evangelistic crusade happening. And that night, the minister was talking about the state of the dead. And so many of my dad's questions were answered specifically. And this is where I'm I'm headed right now. Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verses five and ten. Mm -hmm. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, 
and they have no more reward for the memory of them is forgotten. And then you have here verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there's no work or device nor knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. And so my dad hearing that and finding in uh, Job 3, Psalm 115, 17, and Psalm 146, verse 4, all Mm. bring this idea about of sleep, rest, of not knowing anything. And he's like, Mm -hmm. it's just set well with my dad knowing that his little brother is asleep until the day that Christ comes to the clouds of glory and the resurrection morning. He's like, he's not seeing me cry, missing him every night. Right. He's not looking at the world in turmoil and just gave my dad peace. And that's when he became decided to become a Seventh-day Adventist. And my my family's our family tree has changed forever as a result of that. Uh, So this is not just something that we just dismiss. This is something that can actually change lives. Yeah, this is good news. I, I like what you're saying, Buster, because, you know, this has real, real practical implications. You know, I'm I've thought about this because, um yeah, I mean, if I were to die and I was up in heaven looking down and I saw my family suffering, I think there would be no greater torture than oh. to know and say, oh, there's just absolutely nothing that I can do to help them. And, and um, you know, it, 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 these these are very real challenges. By the way, there's kind of a funny story in our family. My uh, uh, my father-in-law tells a story when when he was a young pastor long ago and far <laughs> away, uh, when, when he had a church member who... Uh, a relative had passed away. And so uh, because there were relatives on both sides, there was, okay. um, you know, different, he represented the Adventist side of the family. There's another pastor that uh, represented a different uh, denomination. And so there they were. And so he led out in the funeral and, and as he's, he, he's leading out in the funeral, he uh, begins to call for this person to be raised from the dead buster. You know, oh. and starts, starts <laughs> preaching, you know, and glory be, you know, and starts and and of course he said that his his church members that were Adventists were sitting next to him, grabbed his grabbed his uh his uh, leg and started squeezing real hard, like, oh my goodness, you know, everyone's kind of in a little bit of a shade of state of shock, you know. And so they're calling, you know, please, you know, you know, come forth, you know, and and finally after a while of 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 this preaching and exhorting and everything else um, finally said, you know, I think this person's just having such a wonderful time in heaven that uh, they, they don't want to come back. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I thought about that, you know, the psychology of that, man, what a letdown, what a letdown to think, oh no, you know, my, my family, you know, my loved one who's just passed away is having such a good time. They, they just don't want to come back. You know, um, what, what does that say about our loved ones, the theology of God and, and, and everything else, you know, if, if, um, you know, and, and I sure, I, I, I believe, I believe heaven is going to, it truly is a wonderful place. We're going to be glad when we're there, but we're also going to be glad that there's been an end of sin. Well, and, well, uh, and Michael's going to say, there's something you said about John 11, when Jesus yeah. tells Lazarus, come forth and he doesn't say, come down. He doesn't yeah. say come up. He says, come forth, come out of that grave. Right. Yeah. Because and Matt, can you imagine being brought back to life after you just get a glimpse of peace that of what heaven actually is? All of a sudden you have to come back. Like, wouldn't that be so disappointing? That? Yeah. Crazy. Uh, th- there's yeah. only there's only one that I know that went through that. And that's Christ himself. Mm. And he did that intentionally knowing uh. the cost. Right. 
I don't, I don't think I can handle that. Oh, as a matter of fact, I know I couldn't handle that. Mm -hmm. So Michael finish this off with resting with the forefathers. Well, the, the lessons just kind of rounding out Buster, uh, basically looking at a number of other different texts. I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time. People can look all of these up, but for example, Abraham, you know, it says he breathed his last and died a good old age, a man full of years. And he was gathered to his people. So you get the idea of expiring, no longer breathing. You're, you're, you've kicked the bucket we would say right he's, right. he's dead uh, but but it doesn't say that anything magical happens at that time it just says he that's the end this expiration of his life right so when you lose the breath or give up the breath that that is the equivalent uh or going to sleep that it's these are metaphors that the the ancient hebrews would have been familiar with that they knew that someone had died that they're sleeping so these metaphors oftentimes go together and it also points out here that um also and jehoiakim you know uh and jehoiachin um who succeeds him it says that he rested with his ancestors so uh, both good as well as evil kings um in ancient israel all had the same fate um it didn't matter what you did that it still had the same result all of us have the same result there's only um two exceptions to that there are some exceptions like you pointed out Buster, where Jesus raised people from the dead. We know that when he was resurrected, that there were others who were resurrected. So there have been these um, special resurrections or where people have been translated, but those have been very exceptional circumstances. Yes. Uh, they've been highlighted in scripture. So we know that there's a few times when that has happened, but that's that's about it. And then the other time being um, when sin comes to an end, Jesus comes again and sin is uh, vanquished once and for all. Amen. And so um, that will be a great and glorious day. Uh, but until then, uh, the, 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 all the rest of us uh, mortal beings, <laughs> I, I, until that day when Jesus comes, we have the same fate. Uh, and that is, is that uh, should we, should we die? Should we expire? However you want to use that terminology that we will sleep um uh, in, in in blissful unawareness of what is going around us until Jesus comes. And I, I think that's God's mercy that he does that. You know, it's, yeah. it's God's grace. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm honestly, Buster, I'm thankful, just like you're, you described the situation with your dad, you know, yeah. gives, gives me a, a sense of, of, of peace knowing that um, I, one can know uh, what happens after death and that there is a hope that we have. So uh, one last story to first end, Michael, uh, my former conference president, uh, Leighton Holly, explains it beautifully. When he was a teenager, his father got in a horrible car accident and oh doctors expected him to live, but he had to go through into emergency surgery. The family gathered around him, prayed from what I understand, uh, as he as we told the story several times. And he said uh, his father looked at him, grabbed his hand and said, all right, son, I'll see you in a second. And he never made it out of the surgery. Oh, my. Uh, but he explains, he's like, you know, this is what the beauty of this message is and God's mercy and grace for his dad. It will be but a second. Mm -hmm. And so in a second, he'll be reunited with them, not recognizing the time this passed, not knowing anything. And to see the next face he sees is the, gl the glory of Christ, but also the reuniting uh, with his son and with his daughters and granddaughters and everything, grandsons. Right. So it's it's a thing of, uh, you know, we mourn on this side of it, but knowing that our family members, our loved ones are not mourning in the grave, uh, 
and and the blessed hope ultimately that we have because we're not done yet, right? We're not eternally sleep. Uh, this is Christ coming back in his resurrection. This is what we have to look forward to. So I know that's not exactly where the lesson's pointing at this week, but but that's where I believe God is pointing us all the time to keep our eyes focused on Christ. I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful promise that we have, Buster. And um, we're going to keep exploring this this quarter. You know, um, yes. one of one of our core fundamental beliefs uh, about what happens in the afterlife. But at least we know uh, from from Scripture what the Bible teaches uh, that God uh, that created us as whole human beings and that we sleep. Uh, when we die, that that is the that biblical foundation. Yes. And so those who haven't, please go back and listen to the bonus episode with uh, Dr. Alberto Tim. Amazing interview that Michael had with him. And he he goes into a little bit of deeper concept of why this uh, lesson came about, but also has his own, like uh, you will say, anecdotes of, of ways that God has impressed him and shown him as he's put together as the principal contributor to this uh, quarter's lesson. So go back and listen to that bonus episode that was masterfully done. All right. Well, until next week, uh, thanks for listening in as we continue through the Sabbath School Quarterly. This is uh, Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personable colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.